it's Charlie. If you don't know me, I'm a certified personal and career coach who helps you minimise your doubts and maximise your potential. Welcome to the Your Time to Grow podcast, where I talk through common questions I might be asked, share my tips, tricks and experience. So welcome to episode 113 of the Your Time to Grow podcast. Um, Today, I wanted to talk to you about being a motivational leader because one of my clients came to me recently to ask how they could motivate their team better. And my short answer, you can't. You can't ever make anyone do or be what you want them to. It doesn't work like that. However, there are leaders who people describe as motivational and those leaders whose team adore and work well for. So what is it that they do differently? Well, if you think about it, um, or if you think about leaders maybe that you have worked with in the past, what would you say their greatest quality is? And so I imagine from listening to others' stories that you might say they cared about you, they valued your opinion, they sought to understand you, and they acted with honesty and integrity. Mm-hmm. I love this quote by Simon um, Sinek. Leadership is not about being in charge. It's about taking care of those in your charge. Sounds a lot like motherhood, if you ask me. Uh, But that won't be the first time that I parallel um, (laughs) parenthood with their leadership, I have to say. Um, But let's get back to the kind of the point, which is, how can you motivate others? Well, as I've already said, you can't motivate others. Only they can motivate themselves in the same way that only you can motivate yourself. And therein lies the solution. In order to be a motivational leader, you must work on yourself first. One of the ways that people motivate themselves is by looking for a role model. So here are five things that you can do to be the motivational leader you want to be. The first is to seek to understand your team for who they are as individuals. There will be differences from our strengths to our personalities, our needs and our perspectives. That's what makes us great. Consider how you support your staff in terms of their growth, uh, their career requirements and their work-life balance. Number two, focus on what matters most, relationships. If you are able to nurture your relationships and encourage your team to do so, you will reap the benefits of building strong relationships based on trust and integrity. And this in turn will boost morale within the team and the business. Number three, work on yourself in terms of your own professional development, your skills, your strengths and your confidence. Demonstrating your own commitment to growth will inspire others. Number four, share the vision. If your team don't know or understand what they're working towards, then they won't be inclined to work hard. Share your expectations, resources, skills and tools required for the journey. Number five, be the leader you wish to be. This might mean having your own work-life balance, admitting when you've made a mistake, bringing your best self to work and acting in accordance with your values. I love this quote by John Quincy Adams. If your actions inspire others to dream more, learn more, do more and become more, then you are a leader. So given that you listen to this podcast from a kind of building your own career and you're developing yourself perspective, 
who, just take a minute to think about who inspires you. It could be somebody fictional. It could be somebody alive or dead. It could be a celebrity. It could be someone you've known all your life. And in doing so, think about what it is that inspires you about them. Is it their kind of determination, their um, empathy? You know, what is it? Because that will help you discover what's important to you. And I personally think that as leaders, when we live with our values, when we work with our values in kind of everything that we do, that makes us uh, stronger. It makes us better leaders. It makes us more authentic. And I think, you know, thinking back about, uh, thinking back to, you know, how I've um, been inspired or not inspired by leaders. And, and remember that when, you know, people cite uh, the reason for leaving a role, they often say that it's, uh, you know, they might say, oh, I found a better offer. But privately, they often say it's to do with my boss or another member of the team. So the relationships we have at work are really, really important. And it's it's not, you know, it's not uh, necessarily that you motivate or inspire other people. That might not be a leadership model you want to use, and that's okay. Um, but since you're listening to this podcast, I imagine that it is important to you. Um so yeah, thinking about who has inspired you and then starting to uh, exemplify their leadership behaviours, whether it's being more supportive, more positive, fair, consistent, transparent, appreciative, authentic, or all of the above. It's important to look up to somebody. And for me, I think authenticity is really important because you know where you stand and being your authentic self might mean that you, as I say, admit to your mistakes or that you always tell the truth. Um, and I know, like, I appreciate how that sounds, but I think we often think about authenticity as being kind of brutally honest people, but actually, it's just folks living in line with their values. And that's, as I say, what makes leaders so special. I'm working with someone at the moment who um, burst into tears at work. And she was like, oh my gosh, you know, what will they think of me? And I was like, well, they all think you're human. And that is not a bad thing. They will think that it is okay for them to show appropriate emotion at work. Like, it's okay if you've cried at work. It's okay to be angry at work. It, it's not okay to go around, you know, hitting other people. Um but that's how, like, it's little things like that, that how we inspire and motivate other people. Because when I see you as my boss giving me permission to say, hey, do you know what? I'm really unhappy about this. Let's talk about it. We may not see eye to eye at the end of it. We might um, need to agree to disagree. But you've given me the space to talk uh, truthfully and candidly about what's bothering me then I'm in a safe space and and I respect you even if I don't like the outcome so yeah I think you know thinking about my life and and 
who motivates me and and how I've worked with leaders before ultimately the leaders I look up to have got integrity and authenticity but those are two of my own values so that's why values are so important because they kind of permeate everything that we do uh, personally and professionally so you may not know what your values are but in looking at another leader it might help you um, crystallize what your own values are and then put that into the leadership framework you want to use and you may have seen um, a blog post that I wrote if you haven't I can send it to you if you want to but basically I talked about how your values relate to your leadership styles so the six leadership styles they were created um and described and developed by Daniel Goleman, Richard Boisatis and Annie McKee in their 2002 book, Primal Leadership. And um, basically, it says that each style has a different effect on people's emotions and each has strengths and weaknesses in different situations. So you have visionary, um, who predominantly lead with a visionary style and are, are often described as inspiring. So they move people towards an end point without telling them how to get there, leaving it up to the team to find a common goal um coaching style so these uh leaders connect with people's goals uh, and they and they connect those goals to the company or the organizational goals and focus on developing others for future success um affiliative they create harmony through connecting people promoting inclusion resolving conflict and in this style you must value the emotions of others and place a high value on emotional needs Democratic, so democratic leaders focus on collaboration. Um, leaders using this leadership style actively seek input from their teams and they rely more on listening than directing. Commanding, use an autocratic approach to leadership. So this style often depends on orders. Um, and it could be the threat of punishment, tight control. And when this leadership style is misused it can have a profoundly negative effect on a team but I would say that in crisis situations or to jump past uh, jump fast uh, paced change uh, or with um, I don't want to so with challenge uh, with with more challenging employees so disgruntled employees um, it's actually a really uh, effective uh, tool leadership style and the other one um is uh pace setting so these uh, folks focus on performance and meeting goals um and they usually expect excellence from their team and often the jump the leader will jump in to make sure that the goals are met and so this is really common if you're a first line manager in first promotions um and it's really useful if you need to get high quality results uh, but it doesn't work with everybody so if you've got a poor performer everybody's held to the same high standard um the uh, the lower performers don't get enough work and it can easily turn into that commanding style that I've already mentioned. So it's um, really important, as I say, that you uh, combine your values with your leadership style. So if, if you, let's um, take three common values. So achievement is one, and they tend to be more commander pace setting. Collaboration is another, so affiliative and democratic, and power, so coaching and visionary, so the influence and impact being the actual values um, themselves. And as you move up in your career, your values tend to shift to what's being needed 
and you might not feel equipped or supported um, doing this and that's where it feels um, a bit problematic. So for example, if you're in a technical role, so achievement might be a value that's important then and you move into a power role, you will feel out of depth. Um, and so 360 feedback might help you identify when you're working uh, with a coach or a mentor um, and it might help you identify where you are kind of in the process and in the business and what's important. Um, but our values don't just relate to our leadership styles, but also help us as employees relate to our leaders. So if we're more power driven, then we might relate more to a coaching style. So I'm going to leave you with thinking about leaders that you've related to in the past, which I've already suggested, but specifically thinking about the styles that they used and the situations that went well or not um, and what motivates you as an individual. So the type of leadership that you like to have um, and what you think works well for your team as well. So a bit of a whirlwind uh, tour around leadership styles, values and kind of how we use those to be motivational. Um, but yeah, ultimately, we can't motivate others. They have to do it for themselves. And so we have to create this safe environment uh, for them to be themselves and to to ask for help and to show their best strengths. And we do that best when we're doing that ourselves. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you back here soon.